apologies to everybody out there and after the whistle land who wanted a show yesterday. That's well, on me. First time in a while I've been under the weather. But Thomas Vanek coming up today. Episode, I don't know what it is, to be honest with you. 170, 173 yeah. or 174. We're up into that range now. Yeah. So anyway, we're back. How are you feeling? You feeling a little better? I know you were down and out yesterday. And I'm going to tell you. You're worse today than yesterday. But you are not, you're never sick. Ever. Well, I never, I never uh, bow down to a sickness, but today I woke up and, and it's just, it's, you know, I get the occasional migraine. We've talked about this one, like every seven, eight months I get one and this one's not as bad. And the, 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 the amazing thing about it is the last time I had one was last year during school. I couldn't even take my son to school. That's how, that's how debilitated I was. Yeah. So today my son hears me and he's like, dad, does this mean I'm not going to school? <laughs> I'm like, you little shit. Like I'm sitting here trying not to throw up. I got this. So mic. happy that his dad's sick. Yeah. Eh? Dad, oh, dad's sick. I'm on the couch for the day. I'm like, no, get up. Here's breakfast. And we're out the door in 20 No, But anyway, so it happens from time to time for those, for those listening, uh, Thomas Vanek is coming on. I said that. And some of the things we got to talk about today are Ovechkin, eight goals in 14 games. Sabres play the Arizona Coyotes tonight. Tonight, yep. And the other thing is Jack Eichel's coming back into town on Thursday. And I, it's, yeah, it's not only, no, 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 no. It's not only Jack Eichel is coming into town. Jack Eichel and the number one team in the league, Vegas Golden Knights, are coming into town. I don't think anyone even cares that the Vegas Golden Knights are coming into town. I think it's just Jack Eichel coming into town. Because after last year, his arrival and departure set the world on fire. A yeah. couple comments. Fans well, we'll... We'll bang bang that one out with uh, Vanner because you know, listen, Vanner's Vanner's been on teams before where he's gone back to his old city, you know, and and played and has the pressures of it, and you know, you got some boo birds on you, even though they loved you and you were cheering you your whole career. Now that you're with another team, the boo birds coming out. So, well, Vanner will be able us, to tell us. Vanner told us shortly after that last year. Remember when he came back to Buffalo? I think he got booed. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I, when I went back from, when I uh, played 12 years in Montreal, I played 675 games with the organization. And, and uh, I went, uh, I went back to Montreal and I got booed every single time I touched the puck and the players and the coaches on my team were they were dumbfounded when they, when they were listening to this, all the players were watching me come off the ice. I had a huge smile on my face. Cause I already knew, I already knew what the Montreal fans were all about. Right. They booed you when you were on the team. So now that I'm not on the team, they really booed me. Like when I say this every time I touch the puck, Petey, 
It was awesome. So I would come off the ice, huge smile on my face. I had players like literally looking down the bench at me going, what is going on ribs? I have a, the coach coming down going ribs. What, like, what is going on here? Do we, am I missing something? I'm like, no, you're not missing something, bud. This is welcome to Montreal. One of the greatest places in sports to play. And I, but they're I've also known- they're also a tough, 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 tough fan base because they are. This is not just watching hockey. This is their lives. This is their lives. Montreal Canadian fans are crazy. They're the best fans in the world, but they're also the worst. Kind of all rolled up into into one. So well, and anyway, knowing you, knowing you the way I do. I can see how you would react to this. I you this wouldn't affect you in the in the least, I, and I and I and I mean that. I me, man, I'd be in fetal position in the corner. I don't know how I'd be able to handle it. You, you embrace this shit. Now my question is, did it bother you a little bit? Are you are you skating around and thinking, "Fuck you"? I like, think it I, bothered I, me when I played there. That's like right, when okay. I played there, I was getting booed, but I wasn't getting booed because of my. Um, my play, my situation, I got booed because of your mouth, not to go into a long, <laughs> a, a long thing here, but I got booed for sticking up for one of my French teammates. Okay. And what happened from there, sticking up for one of my French teammates in the media, what happened was the, the, um, French media took exception to this and they went after me in a big way. Okay. No, I, sorry. The English media was not happy with this. They wrote an article about me, this, that, and the other about the French player and the English media in Montreal destroyed this, this French player, which all of a sudden in turn, the French media said, okay, if you're going to pick on one of the French kids, we're going to pick on the English guy. So they started writing bad articles about me and it just snowballed for like a while. And it was like, you know, you have the French people that don't read the French English papers and vice versa. And they're only getting their information of what they're reading. And they're, they, they don't even know what actually is, is happening here. Cause it's kind of like a, a joke, but I got booed by like half the crowd for for basically sticking up for a teammate on my team. So it wasn't really about it wasn't about my play, it wasn't about who I was. It was about what I had said sticking up for my my French teammate just like you know, basically lay off. This guy's one of our best players on our team. He gives us heart and soul and you guys are who who are you talking about? Talking about Patrice Paris. Oh my god, I can't believe you just said it was Patrice, and I think I think subconsciously I knew that because I know we've talked about this before. I remember playing for the Sabers in Montreal. He he got a a silver stick for a thousand games. He did, yeah. And that game was against Buffalo. Okay. And when he went out to get the for the presentation, the place erupted in booze. And I remember yeah. we we couldn't believe it. We're sitting yeah. there on the bench. We're like, "Holy shit!" Could you imagine playing here? This is this is a player that was our number one defenseman. This is like having a Rasmus Dahlin, and every single solitary time he touched the puck over thirty games, he got booed at in his own rink for 
every single time he touched the puck. All this is all driven from this fighting back and forth, this petty shit that was fighting back and forth between the meet the media members, the French and, 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 and English media. Okay. They were fighting back and forth and they took it out basically on the players. And I just, I, you know, listen, I wanted to stick up for, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't super great friends with Patrice Brisebois at all on the team, but he was my teammate. And, um, that's kind of what teammates do is you stick up for each other through, you know, the thick and thick and thin. And, um, I remember at one point in time that he had to take a leave of absence. Do you remember this? No. He had to take a leave of absence. The team basically sent him home for two weeks. They said, do not come to the rink. Do not um, basically just take some time, get away and, and clear your head because he was going through some, um, you know, panic, you know, I don't know what it was. I really can't say what it was, but he was going through some very difficult times where he was not dealing with it very well. Well, this is his uh, hometown. This is his hometown. Not, so like, let's not be mistaken. It's hard. He's it's not hard some, for he's not anybody. Some, he's not some French kid from truck. like, like an hour and a half or two hours away from Montreal. He's a French kid born and raised in Montreal. I'm just looking this up now yeah. of his 1,009 games in the league. He played a hundred, a hundred and thirteen for the Colorado avalanche. The rest are all with the Canadians. Yeah. And he was a hell of a player too. No shit that player. would take a, a toll on you. Like you grew up there. Your dream's probably to play for the Habs your whole life. Next thing you the know, you're everything bleeds great. the, the red, white, and blue career. There. Like junior career is out of this world. He gets drafted second round by the Habs. He's playing for the Habs. And then toward the end, they start to turn on you. I mean, talk about the, uh, the, the actual, the, the absolute pinnacle of your career and playing in the place where you could only imagine yourself playing growing up and then having to deal with that shit. I couldn't imagine. I, and, I could, and, and again, he got booed because of people reading the papers. And what the people didn't understand is that was, there was an, inter, there was an internal fights going on between the French and the English media. And these people that are reading the papers didn't know that. Why would they? Because the media is not going to write that. You know what I mean? That's interesting. I look forward to Thursday because I've been looking forward to Thursday. It was one of the first games on the Sabres schedule that I looked at when um, when it came out. was, when does Vegas come back? Because the taste that Jack left in the mouths of the fans and the media and everybody. And I I, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we shit on him pretty good right after that. And I look back and I think, you know, that had to have been a pretty emotional. I didn't moment. shit on him because of his play and what he did here in Buffalo. These are personal things that, you know, and it's not like one on one on one issues with Jack Eichel. Cause I don't even know the kid. Right. Right. But I've been in situations where, um, you've seen, I've him seen things that I certainly did not like, and I did not respect. And, um, you know, I've heard, and these are these are kind of cowardly things, but I I've heard things that he is he maybe dealt with things in in an immature way when he was here. He was a young kid. He got the keys to the city right away, and he walked around here like he was better than everybody, you know. And that's sometimes when you're young, okay, when you're a young kid, 
sometimes it's hard to deal with those things. Well, think about this. A, a team, two teams, threw away their seasons, Arizona and Buffalo, for the worst, for the consolation prize. Like, uh, Connor McDavid was the was the uh, trophy at the yep. end of the tank. Yep. But there was it was also worth it because the team that went last was also going to get a generational talent and a kid by the name of Jack. Supposed, supposed to be a generational talent. Well, come on. He, listen, listen. You, we can't sit here and say that he's not a generational talent. I mean, he had, he was off to that season, the one year where if the say that one season he had in Buffalo, where he absolutely exploded. And I think he, he, he got hurt and he missed a game in Philadelphia and he was on fire. And if the seat, if the team had limped into the playoffs that year, if that kid didn't get a heart trophy nomination as the most valuable player to his team, um, if that scenario would happen, then, then the whole league would have been flawed. We didn't get to see it, but he, he showed flashes of being a generational talent. He's off to a good start this year. He's got 14 goal uh, points in 13 games. Vegas is what are they? 10 and two or 11 and two. They 11 and uh, two, 11 and two, 11 and two. Yep. So I wouldn't exactly call Jack Eichel a, a generational talent. Generational talents are, are, are players that are above, well above the elite players in the game. Okay. That's a generational talent. Well above the top end level players in the in the game those are generational talents jack eichel is not a generational talent he had the he had the makings of being a generational talent when he started his nhl career but he's also played eight years in the league he's played eight years in the league um every single season has been injury lit riddled except for basically his first one um and you know he struggled. Uh, he struggled a little bit playing not on the great team. I mean, listen. I mean, you're only as good as the team you're on. Okay, you, you know Jack Eichel playing all those years on on the Buffalo Sabers hockey team that were just absolutely horrendous. They were poorly coached. They were poorly managed. They they didn't surround. They didn't have a coach that could basically, you know. Tell Jack Eichel that he's basically a player on the team, not the team. You know, like, but listen, I mean, Jack's in a much better situation now. I'm sure he's happy. You know, he's in a, he's in, he's in a spot in Vegas where, you know, he's walking around that place and no one knows who he is. I think both no teams are in a better position. knows who Jack Eichel is in Vegas. I think both teams are in a better position. Absolutely. You know? Sabres are better Absolutely. without Jack, and Jack is better without the Sabres. And Jack's better in Vegas. Vegas is better off with Jack. And, you know, it, it's it's not one where you can sit and say that, uh, oh, this team won the trade or that team. I think, I think both teams have made out all right in that deal. Morning, guys. Sorry. Uh, little, little computer issues, and I'm not much of a computer guy here. I feel like ribs today. <laughs> Uh, needed to update. Needed to update the old Zoom, and uh, it's asking for passwords and this. And how would I know what my password is? This computer is ten years old. No idea. So, uh, anyway, it's ten years old. You haven't gone out and bought bought yourself a new computer for what? 
<laughs> it's not like I need it for work. I mean, this is literally, I started using this computer a year ago when you guys called. <laughs> Pulled it out of the box, brand new. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm like, does this Mac still work? Let's see. <laughs> uh, go into the closet and be like, which one of these laptops work? That are, that are still so you're telling me that you do not <laughs> use a computer throughout the day for anything? What phones are No, for. I mean, I use my phone and I use my iPad, you know, I mean, I, I, I to do my drills and everything, I just use my iPad for hockey. But no, computer, I have no need for that. It, it takes me forever to type and everything. So not a computer guy. I I hate computers. I love them and I hate them. But <laughs> I, I, I hate I them, mean, technology is great, but man, it's 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 moving too fast for me. So I had I just had my computer updated. It needed an update. <laughs> I haven't had an update in three years on this thing, right? So I get an update. Now all my now I everything's not stored. So like when I go to like Yahoo and I have to type in my, my email and my password. Cause I don't know how to save it as like a, a page. I don't know. It's very easy to do, but I don't know how to do that. Zoom, same thing. I can't just click on zoom and it opens every single time. Now I have to enter my email and my password. Every time I go in and open something, I, and I just don't know how to, I don't know how to save it as the main page. Anyway, I don't really yeah, give no. a shit about this. I'm getting anxiety thinking about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, so what's new? How are you guys doing? Riffs, are you a computer guy? Before we start, I got to get this. Am I a computer guy? <laughs> yeah, you're pretty good probably, right? <laughs> Listen, man, I mean, this, this all this stuff is is becoming more and more of a struggle for me. Like when, I, when I've got my son, 14-year-old son, standing behind me, and he's like, Dad, why don't you not have finger recognition <laughs> and i look at him i'm like what the hell did you just say finger recognition what are you talking about dad you can put your finger on on a a key to open up the computer i'm like what <laughs> so you know i got him to kind of do all this stuff for me and it's just i mean it's becoming more confusing like it's just it is confusing i really do like i'm not a computer guy at all well the thing is i get used to something like it takes me I got, two and a half way, years Banner. to get used to my my iPhone, and then by the time I'm fully used to it, know how to operate it, I got to get a new one, and then it's similar but different. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, no. and you got to keep relearning this shit. Vanner, I just learned the other day about Command T. Uh, you <laughs> you know, know what that, that is? is? No, that's like you start another page. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, so that's like well. Maybe I, I knew this 15 years ago or 20 years ago when I was in school, but yeah. I don't need a new page. Yeah. I don't even need one page. Hey, oh, hey Van, so, so the other night we're doing the player cast, right? Riv was out to dinner and he comes home and we have these like big box things. Like they're, they're, they're very uh, uh, intimidating to look at. So if you're not a tech, techno, techno, technologically savvy. So I took a screenshot of it and I took a video of it when the guy came and installed it and set it all up. So I knew how to do it. Right. So Riv comes home from dinner the other night and we're, you know, we have to do this test at like eight 30 for all our equipment. Cause the game starts at uh, about 10, 10, 10 or whatever. And all I can hear is I am on the phone with Riv and he's Krista. Krista, come here. I'm like, are you uh, plugged into your router? Is this thing plugged into the router? How the fuck am I supposed to know if this thing plugged into the router? <laughs> like, Riff, I would be, I'm laughing because I would be the same way. I'm like, 
I'm like, whoever, router. Whoever what the, the hell's dog. a router? Yeah. Where is the, the router? You mean the modem? I'm like, no, no. The, there's a there's a router and a modem that comes with your internet. Anyway. How about this? They they ran we hardwired this stuff, Vanner. I had a I had a cord that went from my <laughs> middle floor all the way across to the other side of the house, down the <laughs> stairs, and plug it into this, I think, the modem, PD, I guess. Or how whatever long, how long of the cord did you buy? I didn't buy it. They came and wired everything for me. Oh, man. I already had so, one. Yeah. I already had it's one. The same. It worked it's like the same. a charm. Worked it's the like same with all these iPhones, right? Like, I needed a new phone. This was about, I don't know, six, eight months ago. And because the kid's been bugging me. Me too. They're like, that yeah, just get the new phone. You know, the new phones don't have the home buttons. And I'm like, yeah, I, I need a new phone, but I, I need that home button. Like, how are you going to return back to home? They're like, dude, <laughs> you just swipe up and this. I'm like, I'm like, how do you even open your phone? They're like, well, you just, you just, just look at it and then it opens. I'm like, what? I'm like, that's the stupidest thing ever. So, anyways, got the phone without the button and it's great. <laughs> it, I thought the same thing. I got the one without the button too, and I was like, what, "What do you do without the button? Like, how do you yeah. do it?" And then it's I'm just like, you, you swipe up. Uh, anyway, well, good shit. You know what we were talking about before you came on? Riv, uh, believe it or not, uh, got booed when he was playing in Montreal, and we were talking about it. I know, I know Tavanner, you've talked about this, and it might have even hmm. been last year. But uh, Jack Eichel's coming back to town on Thursday, so you know we're just we were just trying to maybe predict a little bit of what what he might be waiting on when he returns, if the Buffalo fans are going to eat him alive again, or if, if everyone else has just forgotten and they don't give a shit. Oh, it's not forgotten. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he'll get booed again. I mean, that's just, and I don't think they they'll boo him because they don't like him or they hate him. I think it's just uh, something fun to do and gets, get into the, into the game. But I, I don't think it's any hurtful. At least that's how I looked at it. I, I think last year it might've been that. Maybe, yeah. and I think I think it might have been exactly what you're saying last year, just because you, that's what you do when an old player comes back. Because you got booed, didn't you? I did, yeah. yeah. Which I mean, I, I'm not again. I don't. It's not. I mean, I played at the time for. I think the God. I don't even know. I think the Islanders, and I came back and they booed. I'm like, dude. I mean, you guys are in the playoffs. I'm out of the playoffs. Like, what are you guys booing for? Like, we're both going home here soon. So. But is uh, that like do you do you look at that as kind of like a badge of honor? Yeah. Oh, like I didn't a blue, care. A blue I mean, of honor. Well, I, again, honor. I understand. To me, I understand the uh, the boon. Like, if I really wanted to leave Buffalo and this, but in my case, I'm like I I've always said from day one, and I still say it's you know ten years later. I'm like, really, I didn't want to leave. I mean, did I knew there was an option I was going to get traded? Sure, but the main option. I was going to get traded is because I'm not getting extended. I mean, I didn't have one meeting about, you know, getting an extension or staying in Buffalo and nothing. So I'm like, well, you know, the, the writing's on the door here. They already traded Palmonville. And um, so I was just kind of the next guy in line with Milsey. Oh, yeah. The direction was already set, Thomas. Correct. It was set for uh, Connor McDavid. Yeah. And, exactly. and it ended I mean, with Jack Eichel. What year I mean, was that I, that you got traded? I'm looking it up right now. It was uh, 13, 14, figure it out. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it was, what, the, the year before? I think it was when Darcy came out and said, there is going to be there's going suffering. To be. <laughs> yeah. That was the words. <laughs> so, I don't suffering. know. It was, 
Yeah, so I don't know if that that might have been, I think, the summer after. But I do remember when I first came back, I got traded right away early in the season, November. And I think I didn't come back till it was March, maybe, actually, with Montreal, with Gio. I think that might be it. And I remember, you know, you come in and you're always excited to see old teammates, especially the trainers, the equipment guys, and all those buddies. I remember I, I looked at the game sheet at Morning Skate, and I'm like, I was just here like four months ago, and there's three guys on the team that I played with. I'm like, where did everyone else go? I'm like, that was quite the turnaround in a that short was, time. That was so. the plan in motion. And I think it was the end of that season because the McDavid draft and Eichel draft was 15. So I you moved so. out yes. 13, 14. Yes. Darcy had the press conference about the pain and suffering that's coming. Correct. And then, boom. Yeah, there, but there back, it to, goes. back to your original point. I think you're right with Eichel. I think last year it was it was people really wanted him to hear it because of how it went down. But I think now it's they're just gonna boo him just because it happened last year. But I don't I don't think it's in a meaningful, hurtful way. I think it's is what it like, is. Like at what point how long before Sabres fans are able to let this go, move on. And just be like, you know, hey, let's go watch a, a great superstar player player in this game. And and uh, I don't think that'll ever happen in Buffalo. I, I agree. I mean, it, and again, it's not because I think they don't like Jack or I mean, some pe- people might. But I think it's just the way he, you know, he clearly wanted to leave Buffalo and move on. So, I mean, that's just something that's always going to stick with him. But it is what it is. They got a great return. They got some good players for him. Yeah. And that they're playing great. So I don't think it's, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, I think it would have been different. Like if, if like a Ryan Miller, right. If he would have forced himself out of it, I think people would have been pissed maybe the first time, but after that, they would have forgiven him because it's Ryan Miller. He has done so much. Jack didn't do anything for Buffalo Sabres really. Let's be honest. So what is there to be, you know, there's nothing to be forgiven for. He didn't do like, really. I mean, not, not to blame him. Those teams didn't do anything. No, yeah, I, I just think- wonder. I just wonder how many years. I guess years. How many years is it going to take before Saber fan just be like, "All right, like who care? Who cares about Jack Eichel? Let's just all move on." Well, it's and not just like he plays the for the Leafs. Game. You know, it's not like he plays for the Leafs. He plays for Vegas. They come in once a year. Yeah. So, but then I'll think this. I, I'll always think that as long as Jack Eichel's in this league playing, I think every time he comes to Buffalo, he's going to get. He's going to get. I don't booed. agree with that. Only, only, only. Because of the post-game press conference last year. Nothing to do with Jack and his time here. I I believe, I, I agree with Thomas. The only thing is, if he had just walked away at the end of last year, just kind of like, eh, tough night, you know. You know, great crowd. They were into it. And, you know, good luck to the team in the future. We'll see you next year. If that was it, boom. He would have come back this year. You might have had some people that booed him or whatever. because Just because. Because that's sports. And that's fans. And that's great. That's passion. Mm-hmm. But... I think it's a little different. I think there is a super sour taste in Sabre fans' mouths, and I think when he comes back, I think they're coming out with a vengeance. The only difference is Jack's rolling in here with a fucking powerhouse team, so the <laughs> the result might be a little bit different. Um, and I think it'd be interesting to see if if Jack rolled in and waxed the Sabres. But I at the same time, like, do you do you blame Jack? Do you do you think Jack did the wrong thing, Banner? Like you're a superstar, okay? You were drafted fifth overall in your NHL draft 
Okay, you're you're scoring forty three goals, forty. Yeah, what, goals. what what was I, I do remember him that interview? What was the exact words or, or the, not well, the exact, let's not even the, what, take what the words the after the game. No, I'm talking that, about leading up to that. He was like well, leading up to that. He was. I do think Petey proof. makes a great point. I think he. I think it's the interview after because you know. But then again, I don't mind it because it's a different. If that's his personality, go with it, right? I mean. It's not my personality just because I didn't feel like it. Like when I, you know, they asked me afterwards, I remember, you know, what did you think about the boo? And I'm like, that's part of sports. I don't care. I love my time here. I don't, I don't blame anyone. Go ahead. Boo me. I think he took a different route where he took it, which is okay too. But I do think with PD, I think he's got, he's always going to get booed until the media stops asking questions, right? Because soon as he rolls in town, you don't think the media, the Buffalo media is going to go in there after the morning skate and bring it up. Oh, do you remember what you said last year? How about this time around? Right. So it's, it's, it's all yeah. how Jack is going to handle it. Right. Is he going to take a backseat and be like, yeah, I love my time here. It was good. And be complimentary or just keep rolling with it. Like bring it yeah. out, baby. Throw, <laughs> throw the daggers. Exactly. Well, yeah. you don't think that the daggers are coming toward him uh, when he rolls. When did they get here? They don't play tonight. Right. I want to. I'm going to check their schedule, but I, I'm curious to know if they get. Like, what here do you think? Like what do you think early? the Vegas media should do with him? Because I've been in situations. I've been on teams where, um, you know, everybody, in quotations, the old finger quotations, that everybody's supposed to be available to the media, but it just so happens that some guys are not available to the media sometimes, even though they're oh. being asked for that person, right? So. Mm-hmm. How like Jack is gonna have to talk, right? He's gonna 100%. have to talk. I mean, I think if he if he's not available, like you said, I think it's a that's a worse look. Yeah. I mean, what's I mean? You're talking to Paul Hamilton and, and Bones is awesome. Like I mean, and a couple other guys. It's like I said, it's not like he left Toronto or or Montreal where he's yeah. gonna face. I mean, you're not that Buffalo has no media exposure. They do, but you know what I mean. It's different than the Canadian. Market, so yes. go, go do your interview for ten minutes and move on. I think what what Petey said earlier. The only big difference this year is, I think Jack is laughing because man, I got quite a few. Uh, I got a good support system behind me, yeah. <laughs> so he can. I, say got 10 million, I have ten million reasons. <laughs> oh. And don't kid yourself. Don't we 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 all played on teams. I don't even need to preface my comment with that. But the, don't kid yourself. Those players that were on that team last year remember exactly what happened they remember that game they remember that that jack got burned for the empty netter at the end by alex tuck they remember that uh craig anderson won his 300th game they lost to a team that they should have beaten they were in a playoff run and i just see i see this team rolling in this year with a as a team not jack eichel as a team rolling in here thinking okay we're 11 and 2 depending on what they do tonight in toronto we are going to they're going to come out and try to absolutely beat the shit out of the Buffalo Sabres. I truly believe that. that. I 100%. And I think Jack's going to come in and you're going to see him like he's going to leave that building with like 14 shots. Like he, he, I'm, he's going to be like, I'm scoring a hat trick. I'm shooting from everywhere. He's going to have 14, 18 shots. I bet. <laughs> no, no, Matias Samuelson. No, Henry Yoki. How are you? You got Labushkin who just came back from injury. You're not quite sure if Rasmus Dahlin's going to play. If those guys are out of the lineup. <laughs> I'm going to tell be a you, long night. Jack yeah. is going to be on and he's going to be hungry. It, it's oh. a meaningful game to him. Um, and uh, listen, I mean, their team in Vegas who 
started the season off last year. Okay. This is before Jack even started to play. Jack came back. If you remember, and it was just one after the other just went down with injury. It was like, what the hell is happening to Vegas? Like they still have an awesome team, but they, all their players were hurt. Right. And then it looks like the reason why they're losing is because of Jack. Mm-hmm. Right. That was going and, around. And now, that was sure. going that's, around that's out easy. there. Yeah. Like, oh, this is the reason why they're losing because Jack Eichel's now in the lineup and he's team a loser. Killer. He's this, a team killer. Yeah. Team killer. Well, doesn't look like he's a team killer now. He's a great well, player. I, I I don't know Jack. You guys might know him better than me. I don't. I mean, team killer again. That's just something people come up with. They they roll with it, right? Yeah. I think the Sabers never helped him out to to begin with. Why, why do you make him a captain? Why do you give him ten million bucks right away? Maybe it was the right thing. Take the contract out, I guess. But there's no way in hell he should have been captain in the first place. Like if he he was your best player, let him come along. Just be a player establish yourself and this i i just don't think they helped about either and then i'm sure there's some situation he didn't handle as well as he could have but at the same time he's a 21 year old captain like he he has no idea like well what's his experience one year college come on like i I don't think that the the regime back then did not help him out at all hey uh could you imagine getting the c along with your 50 million dollar deal van oh my oh, god yeah. yeah yeah lindy would have ripped that letter right off Oh, which again, I did not want any part of it. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, even even from now on, I would never make a young guy. So I think what the Sabers did this year with with Oki, that should have happened five years ago, six years ago. Let an older guy who's been there, done that, not just handle the room, but handle the media. He knows how to see it. He knows what to do. And let the young guys after a tough night, let them go go uh, have their protein shake and and step on the bike. Last yeah. question I'll ask before we before we get into some other stuff around the league. So Vegas is on a trip right now. They went Washington, Ottawa, Montreal. They've had a couple days in between. They play tonight in Toronto. They have tomorrow off, and then they're back in Buffalo on Thursday. So do, does the Vegas team and the PR staff think about this? Do they think we play in Toronto on Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Let's spend the night, practice in Toronto, then bus to Buffalo so that Jack doesn't have to get peppered with media at a skate on Wednesday, or does he, 100%. or do they come right from Toronto to Buffalo and practice here or maybe have a day off and then let them be available to the media? It is absolutely. So I cannot believe you just thought about that. <laughs> that is next level shit. PD. Let's play That's- in Toronto tonight. <laughs> Team stays over in Toronto. You have a practice in the morning. Okay. And then you drive to Buffalo that day and then mo- there's no morning skate <laughs> against Buffalo. Oh, no, 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 no. They play, they play tonight, in Toronto. Tomorrow yes. they're off. Thursday. They I, play. I understand that. So Listen, I'm saying, yeah. Listen, I'm saying then game day, they're doing optional. Do you understand what I just said? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So now, now I realize I just explained it to oh, you. No I morning that skate you, in Buffalo. I see. That's what, what I'm saying. So Jack Eichel essentially does not. You can practice in Toronto, stay over in Toronto tonight after the game, have a practice in Toronto, drive to Buffalo tomorrow after the practice, get in around four. Geichel goes out to, to, to dinner with his, uh, you know, his friends, family, whoever he's got here, friends, family, stuff like that. And then the next day it's an optional skate. 
which Jack doesn't show up to the rank. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I think, think about that because we, we've, how many times have we seen players roll in and you're like, you know, they're waiting for them a thousand times. You're right. I, 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 I don't think, like I said, now Paul yeah, Hamilton yes. and Mike Harrington are going to be losing <laughs> their absolute shit over this, but I'm going to tell you right now, that is what I would do if I was part of that organization in Vegas. I, I don't well, know. I, think, I don't think the, the Vegas PR and, and Eichel, I don't Razzle. think he's afraid to talk to the media in Buffalo. I know he's I not. About being I know afraid. he's not, Vander, but every time... It, taking, it, taking that out of the equation, like just eliminating anything and minimizing it to yes. a post-game interview yes. at that Vegas Fields. Yeah, this time, your post-game. <laughs> don't do I what you did last I understand. I, I get what you guys are saying. If I'm Jack, I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, go ahead, come talk to me. Because you got, exactly like we said before, with this team, I'll face any of you guys. <laughs> it's not just on him. Like he's got the support system now. That team is rolling. It's like, not about that, Vanner. It is not even about the win or the loss. It's not about if Vegas comes in and beats the Sabres seven nothing or they lose, you know, five to two. It's about what Jack says. And over the course of his career, or he has struggled. He has struggled with 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 certain Mike Harrington is the greatest. At poking at you, just little, little pokes here and there, little, just kind of give me a little bit more. They're just subtle. a little bit they're more subtle, but they're deep. Yeah. They're very oh, good at sure. what they do. And, and Jack has, for me, watching Jack from the time he was 18 years old, I think he was a complete train wreck dealing with the media. I was always talking with, you know, certain people with Buffalo at the time when Jack was really young, 18, 19, 20, I was like, like you need to help this kid out. There's ways of of your body language, your facial expressions, everything. You this young man needs help with this. He needs to be guided. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know how they helped him out? They slapping the sea on him. <laughs> <laughs> Great job. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see. Let's I go. Guess, let's uh, go skydiving. No it. parachute for you. <laughs> well, that'll be uh, that'll be fun to watch. But what's going on with Deline? We think. Is he out I, from that sucker punch from uh, Sveshnikov? Is no, that, because he, he it wasn't supposed uh, or who, who or uh, is the other the Kokaniemi? Yeah, yeah, he wasn't out because he finished the game. Um, I think it's an upper body injury. An upper body injury could be just about anything. Could be could have got your wrist, your elbow, your shoulder, your ribs, your stomach muscle, back, neck. I mean, there's so much when you're talking upper body, you don't know, you don't know, and nor do the well, Sabres okay, want to give that a lot of talk out there about concussion. And he's had a concussion. Yeah. I think he had a concussion his rookie year, didn't he? Where he missed a couple weeks or something. And so, I mean, I, I feel like there might have. So, I feel like I read somewhere, and and that's the best part about be, being a podcast is that our facts can be wrong. But I feel like I read somewhere <laughs> that that he ha- might have had some symptoms that occurred or started to come on after the game and, okay, yeah. and headaches. Yeah. If, if that, I would have a guess, like he took, you know, uh, a punch to the head, uh, him in the face, like right square in the face with his glove on, which sometimes could actually, it even hurts more. Well, yeah, um, Cause the guy punching can punch harder. Yeah. He's, he's dazed and confused. Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit of uh saw some stars after the game. You, you start to feel the, you know, once your adrenaline, 
adrenaline and everything's um slows down you start to get some slight headaches mm -hmm. and uh they're going to be very cautious with them yeah That's, that would be that would be my guess too you know it's it's just like you said it right there i think sometimes you know adrenaline takes over you don't know and then all of a sudden the next day you wake up and you got a little bit of headaches and this and so i would assume it's definitely i mean when you see that punch in replay oh that was i mean square to the chin yeah so fucking hell of a crank man. you know what yeah vanner let me ask you this mm -hmm. you know you've you've obviously watched the sabers and kept up yep. on them over the years and 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 you've watched you know rasmus Dahlin in his first number of years the 18 19 20 21 year old year last year he had a solid year again this year he seems to be in a different place mentally um he's extremely confident he's had a very very good start i think uh 14 points seven, or 15 points he has seven goals he's plus 10 mm -hmm. playing against the best lines on the other team i think he's i think i looked it up he was like sixth um or fourth in all of the defensemen in minutes played so he's on the ice a lot mm -hmm. with continued success in what he's doing currently right now where is the end game for him this year if he can continues his pace in what he's doing right now what is his end of the year going to look like? Oh, I think it's going to look unbelievable. I think that the biggest thing, what I've noticed watching his game this year, it's not the goals and the points, because I think we all knew the skill he had and what kind of player he can be. The biggest thing is I think he he's playing so much more aggressive, not just by joining the play, but also the physicality in this. And that's when I'm Donnie Granado. I would rein that part in a ton. I'm like, dude, you're, he's playing 24, 25, 26 minutes. There's a difference of stepping in, right, and and, and holding the blue line and, and being physical, but he's looking after the whistles. He's looking into scrums and stuff. I don't want my best player to do that. I don't. I really don't. Oh, I wait. Mean, that's... Kale McCarr doesn't do that? <laughs> so I, I understand what Dalene is trying to get. I think what he's thinking is I, I got to take this next step and become this better leader that he is, which I think he's doing a tremendous job at. But I think he needs to stay out of that crap. He does not need that. Yeah, but he's, you know, you say that, but he's ultimately probably the most physical player on the entire team. Well, that's like, I mean, he's, he's in all the scrums, even on a scrum where he's not even in the actual real scrum he's in the back end of the scrum you know scrapping right. with some other guy and um i understand what you're saying like he mm -hmm. you know he he needs to focus on being that that stallion okay he needs to be the stallion and worry about you know the the offensive side of things on the power plays he needs to worry about uh, you know, doing the right things defensively, playing against these other top teams, other top lines. He's killing penalties. He's eating 25 plus minutes a night. Those yeah. scrums, he should not. Now, here's the thing. It's just his makeup. You can't tell a guy not to do something. Okay. I hate to say it and I love it, but let me tell you. Is it his makeup though? Where has that has he been doing that he, the last yes. uh, four or five years? Petey, like he's been like this for a long time. Okay. Would you uh, agree, Petey? I, 
I, I I don't I don't know about the whole time. I mean, there was the one night in Philadelphia where, in his first or second year, someone someone punched him in the face and no one did anything, and he he buckled like Bambi. And you're sitting there and you're like, I get it, like he's a rookie in the league, but why is he? Why? And and I've been critical too. Like I want him to finish checks, or I want him, and he's done that. He's gone over oh. and above and beyond. He's gone way above and beyond where he started when it comes to physic physicality. The, the problem I have is I think where Thomas was going. Why is he the only fucking guy doing it? Like Thomas, I know all your teams you played on in Buffalo, okay. But then when you went to the Islanders and then Minnesota, here's one thing I know. You always not guys like me. I'm not talking tough guys like me. I'm talking your Matt Martins, your Casey Sezikis, your mm-hmm. Cal Clutterbucks, these guys that go out and handle the physicality and they take it all on by themselves. Why are we asking Rasmus Dahlin to do that in any capacity except for eliminate plays when it's there? Yeah, Maybe I mean, because he feels that there's no one else that's going to do it. That's a problem. And that's the problem with the what happened the other night in Carolina. Now I, and I'm not trying to take this conversation in in my own direction, but it's out there. It's out. Our show tweeted out: "Go let your Norris candidate or Norris caliber defenseman just get popped in the face like that, and nothing happens." Okay, like nothing happens. Oh, we don't want that kind of game. What do we want, Peters? We don't want guys to play two minutes and and just go fight. I get that. I can. I understand that, and I appreciate that stance. But yeah. don't tell me that Kevin Adams can't go and acquire a Scott Mayfield or just one person, anybody that will just make a, but it shouldn't be on just one, one person. Like I think you have a bigger issue that you have a bigger issue than anyway. If you can't go and get one guy and make everybody feel better, you got to go and get three or four. That's the problem. And until the team does that, they're not going anywhere because look at every single team out there Mm -hmm. right now. They all arrive in numbers and yeah, the team arrives in numbers, but the numbers that show up don't scare anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's all I got to say. Sorry. I will say this. I will say this. I don't know if you guys uh, agree or disagree, but I have watched the team this year. I've watched the games that they played this year. They've been in situations where there's maybe been a, a late hit or a scrum in front of the net or something that happens. And I have seen this team go to the defense of their teammates. They have all been there. That's because they don't want to hear you carve them. Well, listen, I mean, listen, (laughs) they have, they have, right. They've, they've done a nice job with this. Like, do they they have any fighters? No, but the, the game's not about fighting. It's about speed and skill. And, um, this team's absolutely going in the right direction with the talent level that they have. And they're sticking up for each other. You can, you, it, it, it is noticeable than the last decade that I have watched. Okay. That this team cares about each other and they're willing to, whether they're fighters or not fighters, they're, they're willing to get in there and help a teammate. Banner, now, they don't have fighters between Toronto and, and Philly with Austin Matthews and the abuse that Matthews has been taking for, for that. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I can't disagree more with the people out there that are, are criticizing Toronto and, and Mike Rupp, we had him on the player cast the other night. And and I said the same thing to him. Like if that happens with you, Van and, and we all get in there mm-hmm. and you stand there like Matthews does. I said this and I said this to Craig and then I said it to Rupper. That makes me very happy because number one, Matthews gets to stand there and smile while his teammates go to work for him. 
And but you know what that does? That that alerts the entire league. The entire league. Matthews isn't going to do it. We're going to do it for him. So stay the fuck away from him. I don't want my star guy getting in there. I don't want my star guy getting into a scrum at all. Period. Yeah. There's there's no yeah, need no, for I, it. Okay. Let me tell you something. Was let me tell you something. something. Let me t- let me after, tell you something. After Fire Marshall after Bill. the goddamn game. I will be the first one to go up to Austin Matthews and say, wipe the fucking smirk off your face when we're sitting there getting our asses kicked. Okay. Wipe the smirk off your face and grab a guy like you're actually in it. That's what, that's what, uh, Rupp was, was upset about. He wasn't upset about Austin Matthews, not fighting for himself or this and that it's about his body language that came after it. Yeah, I would have, have to agree teammates with that. go I, flying I, in there I, to I, help protect you because you're I don't want Austin Matthews in there fighting. I don't want him dropping the gloves with uh Konechny because mm-hmm. I don't need him getting hurt. He needs to play the game. We need to make him feel comfortable on the ice at all times. But let me tell you something. When you have all those guys go to your defense, don't sit there and smirk and 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 laugh. Grab a guy, make sure that you're doing your job and let the other guys handle, handle the other stuff. That's what Rupp was upset with is right. And I, body I, language of Austin Matthews. Correct. Yeah. And I agree. I think he did that in Montreal early in the year too, right? Where someone's going after him and he was smiling. I think if it's a one-on-one deal, like if it would have been Matthews and Konechny and he's smiling and laughing at him. I don't mind that at all because I think what, what Matthews has shown right there, he goes, I'm not going to deal with you. I'm going to go and score two goals and win this game. But once there's, you know, the four other guys come flying in, that's, I think, where it needs to change and not continue to smile. I don't think he's smiling that, oh, these guys got my back. I think he knows that. But again, my whole point is if it's a one-on-one deal, go ahead, smile at the guy. He should be smiling at Connect and be like, what, what are you going to do to me? Nothing. But once, like Griff said, once the the, the teammates the, they come flocking in and help, just you know that's where the face has to change. Grab a guy and then you know tussle for about a minute and then move on and play the game. Well, in yep. Philly, he had a goal and an assist. Okay, so that game was over at the time. I think it was five to two when all that shit was happening. Then they keep they play Boston, two goals, two goals yeah. against the Bruins. Then a goal and an assist against Carolina. They beat two of the top teams in the league. I don't think that situation has affected them, you know, whatsoever. I think, in in fact, I think a situation like that might have even brought a team like that together even more because it shows that they have solidarity for their stars. Right. Hey, but let's a week ago we talked about, and the topic was when is uh, Duncan Keith slash Sheldon Keith getting fired? Right. Yeah. And the last few days it's been pretty quiet. And in the NHL media circles. And I said a week ago, I'm like, I'm not worried about Toronto. I'm not worried about their coach getting fired and this. It's the big guns got to get going. They haven't played great. And yeah. now we look, they have beaten good team. They have beaten another good team. And the big guns are scoring, right? Matthews is finding his game slowly. That's all it takes with good teams like that. I mean, I look at the St. Blues Blues right now. That team I'm worried about. That team is a disaster. Toronto, I wasn't worried because they're big guns. I thought they were getting chances if the puck wasn't going in. Once that turns, they're off to the races. And I do think they play better against better teams. And they struggle against shitty teams because they 
they're not quite up for it yet. I think that will, you know, turn from here and out, and the Maple Leafs are going to be just fine, as much as I hate to say that. I think that's a hell of a team, and they found their groove. Rev, do you have any any comment on that at all? I I, <laughs> I just I I love I love this. Like I I just uh, you know I'm going back. I'm on my computer right now, and I'm I'm checking out the Toronto Maple Leafs because they were like one of the worst teams in the league, and <laughs> yeah. we got a fire. Like, and I'm on it, eh? I'm our, I'm part of the media right now. I'm podcast guy, so I can like just fire this guy and get someone else in there. And that's just what media is all about. It's like what is the storyline of the week? And right. it's like last week, it literally was about getting rid of um, for Sheldon Keefe. And, and it's like, you look at just a couple games, just a couple games where Toronto starts to play some better hockey. They have a big win against the Boston Bruins. They have a huge win against the Carolina Hurricanes, two of the top teams in the league. They beat the Philadelphia Flyers, who is, you know, a team that was, dangerous because they were having success and now all of a sudden mm-hmm. we're sitting there like three ga- three wins and you're like Toronto's in a great position right now <laughs> and and then on the flip side you look at the Buffalo Sabres and I thought they played two good games in Carolina and Tampa but they dropped both of them yeah and now they're sitting out of the playoffs yeah I mean that's just that's why we always say right give it 20 25 games and let's see which teams are legit and which teams have some work to do. Yeah. And so, listen, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, you're going to win your games with your elite players playing the best hockey. Okay. And Austin Matthews um, has played better hockey. Mitch Marner has played better hockey, but I'll tell you, you have to give a real big pat in the back to uh, their captain, John Tavares, who, you know, scored a hat trick in the one game. And I think had four points, you know, threw this team on his back and, and, and has yep. done some really great things, taking a little bit of pressure off some of those, uh, you know, young superstars and Marner and, 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 uh, Matthews. So giving them a time to, to kind of get their games together and Toronto's moving right now. I'm happy. And, you know, and, 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 and JT's awesome. Like I said, I played with him, uh, on the Island. He's, I mean, he cares more than anyone. He's a tremendous captain. He is awesome. And, uh, but you know what? It's it's good to see him scoring again, but he needs to. For that team to be good, John Tavares is making 11 million bucks. He needs to be exactly how he's playing right now, and he's he's looking great. So hopefully he can he's get that up for himself. got 15 points, eight goals in yep. 13 games. So, yeah, uh, I mean, that team found its groove, but, you know, then then you look. I think that the two teams in the East, I mean, the Blue Jackets, we knew they weren't very good. They are exactly what they are. But the two other teams, it's the Penguins. And the senators, in my opinion, who are just—I expected them to be a lot better, and it's—it's—it will be interesting to find out. I, but I do think Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh's going to get out of it. I think there are too too many veterans that to not Vanner, figure it what, out. What's happening in in St. Louis? I like, don't what, know. What can you put your finger on there? It's just to me, seven losses they've had in a row, and. Yeah. You know, Ryan O'Reilly, if I don't know if you guys knew this, but he took a bullet for the team, mm-hmm. tried to diffuse the media and everybody else coming after all their players. And he basically took a bullet, basically saying, this is on me. I haven't done. Um, I haven't played my best. 
I need to be better. I need, it was all on him just to try. And I know what he's doing too. He's trying to deflect all of the, um, attention, the bullet. Yeah. The tension that was going to the team. And, uh, I, to me, it's, you know, with the players that they have and the Shen and, and the Tarasenko's and the Thomas and the Krug's and the Caillou's and the, like, you just continue to go down. This team is far, far, far too good to be in the situation there that they're at right now. Yeah. Like I mean, the only thing that I can come up with, I don't know. Do you guys have it in front of you there? What did you say? They lost seven in a row now. Yeah, they lost seven in a row. BD, do you have those scores of those seven games or the last five games? I will. Right. I mean, I saw, I know last night the Bruins was 3 1. So, well, the, they lost here. to the Bruins 3 1. Yeah. They lost to the Islanders 5 2. Yeah. They lost to LA Kings 5 1. They lost mm-hmm. to Munch. Montreal 7-4. They lost to Nashville 6-2. They lost to Edmonton 3-1. They lost to mm-hmm. Winnipeg 4 nothing. Like mm-hmm. these are not these are high scoring games. Like yes, defensively that's what I'm this getting is to. a disaster. Defensively and you know a big piece of what I think they lost is that Billy Husso. He went to Detroit and you see what he's doing in Detroit and I think that's uh that's a big loss. You're talking uh, the, the goal. You're talking the goalie, the goaltender. I somewhat of the backup goaltender to uh, Jordan Bennington. Well, he 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 was the backup, and then essentially he became the starter for that team last year. He took yeah. over and he played exceptionally well, Ribs. Uh, <laughs> but so I I think they do miss him. I think they they miss that piece, and I think Huso is continuing to play really good hockey in Detroit, and they're having success over there. I mean. We know we we've played the game, right? You for being a good team. I mean, that's the only thing that scares me in Toronto. It's a good team, but I don't know how good the goaltending is. If you don't have goaltending in this league, you're not gonna win hockey games, or not many. <laughs> and and that's how it goes when you're giving up goals and then you're struggling to score up front like the Blues are right now. It, it just it's not. Again, they just got to put together uh, just a game where they can win two one. Just get one win and then continue to build offensively and hopefully, uh, you know, get some, get some timely saves. Like it's the back not end. like they don't have great defense. Like, you know, Justin Falk, you have Tori mm-hmm. Krug, yep. um, Nick Letty, Colton Perenko. Like, I mean, these are, this is a Robert Bertuzzo. This is a solid, solid defense core. Their yes. offense, you know, the lines that they're putting together offensively are, very very good like at what's a again, top 10 team in the league in i'm gonna opinion, throw a bomb out to you but it, at what point in time has the message of the coach gone stale does this team just and it's not even about the coach and him not being a good coach like peluso is a very good coach but does the peluso. team just need peluso. a lift <laughs> Or uh, what? Who's um Barubi? Barubi. So I get uh, Peluso and uh, Barubi. I, I get uh, mixed up, but yeah, uh, Barubi. Um, is it is it just a? Sometimes you just need to hear a new voice. Yeah, new I mean, system, it's... new lines. 
I don't want to say this out loud. I was, I was, kind of, someone insinuated to me that maybe there might be some animosity tossed around due to some of the big contracts that were handed out. Why? Well, and and that, oh, that could for, you got Cairo and Bob kids. Thomas there getting eight year extensions for massive, massive money. Mm-hmm. You know, deserving maybe, but deserving. Well, no, 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 no. Are they deserving or are they not deserving? Um, they, if, if they continue to trend in the direction they were going, they'd be deserving. How's that? But I, I may be a little too premature for those contracts. I think that's, that's the way the league is going though. I, I mean, the, every team is doing that right now. Like as Jordan so Cairo, for an example, is he, is he, does he deserve this? Okay. 74 games played. He had 27 goals and 75 points. And is he's getting what, eight something? What's that? Eight. What yeah, is eight, eight, I believe. I think, yeah, eight, yeah. eight, one, or something like that. No, yeah. that's not deserving of eight for eight. Oh, but it's, it's, this is the same conversation you guys are having over and over again about Tage Thompson, right? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's a guy that they have in their building day in and day out, and they project him to be a 30 plus goal scorer. So it's, and as Riff said, the cap is only going to go up. We've had this conversation over and over again. So in their mind, this is a great deal. Just like the Sabres think Tage Thompson is a great deal. Yeah. 72 that's, that's games the way played. The league is going. Yeah. 72 games played, 20 goals, 77 points plus 17 last year was uh Robert Thomas. Is that yeah. worthy of a, an 8.125 million dollar deal, Petey? No, but the projection for them it it pans out and it makes yeah. sense for them. But I understand, right? Do you have a guy like O'Reilly who's done Everything you've asked him to, and I'm pretty sure he's on his last year of his deal, and yeah, he's probably yeah. sitting there and be like, "Hey, I want to keep playing. Where's my four year deal for eight million? Well, Ryan yeah, O'Reilly shit. right now what about might Tarasenko? not get. Le- he's looking at league old. minimum. I hate to say it, he's played ten <laughs> games. He has one goal, zero assist for one point, and he's minus twelve. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I the, listen. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, when he was here for Buffalo, skated around like he had a piano on his back. As much as he is an incredibly smart hockey player, yeah, um, great hands, vision. His his not his knock on his game is his skating ability. It's his speed. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. not it's not um up to the level of what's happening in today's game. So if you took a fan. If you took a fan who watched hockey but hasn't watched hockey in the last 12 years, had them watch the St. Louis Blues and Ryan O'Reilly, I bet you they'd think that he was 39 or 40 years old. Yeah, oh, oh for sure. Like, I think that's... He's that's, 31. Again, he's, he's a different type of player. But back to Petey's point, I think it's a very good point because Tarasenko is sitting there, O'Reilly's sitting there. They have won a cup. They have been really successful in this league. And I don't get an extension. And these young guys are getting eight-year deals, so I can, can see I, that. Can I bring up something just so ridiculous? But I have <laughs> to ask it. Next year, Tate. Next year, Ryan O'Reilly is an unrestricted free agent. <laughs> I kind of know. Where Would you entertain signing him as your third-line center moving forward? He's going to be. He's going to no, be thirty-two years old. What for team? the Buffalo Sabers? Oh fuck! He's not coming here. He ain't Give me a here. Riff. You know, you know where he, if, if if he has a crappy season, he's going to continue to play. Obviously, his market is going to be way down. And if his market is way down, he ain't going to the Buffalo Sabres. You know where he's going to end up? Toronto? Back in Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Colorado or Detroit? 
Isn't he right. from somewhere over there? He's from somewhere like in Ontario over near London, right. isn't he? Yeah. All right. But so I you guys aren't going, going with my... Uh, no, 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 no. That guy wants nothing to do with Buffalo ever again. I Sorry, mean, Riv. I would take him. <laughs> okay. Take him. All right. That, that's kind of what I'm looking for. You imagine you imagine having him as your third line center? Yeah, it would be, it would be awesome. But... Yeah, I, I'm Any. still, I am still, and I'm sticking Wishful to thinking. it. I, I'm still going after Bo Horvat if I'm Kevin Adams. Yeah, I mean and that's I'd a going team after who, who lost now. again. I mean that. I mean they're playing a little bit better, but the leads they're giving up again. There's gonna have to be changes made in that. that and you know what's awesome, P- Vanner? We are the one team in this league that has. All of the pieces needed to make a move and acquire a player like Bo Horvat. We have then, three first round draft picks from we last have, year. We have the one that matters. Three centermen. We have the one and, that matters, and, and, Matt Savoy. Well, that and you have young pieces in your lineup who are obviously NHL ready, and you're going to have to include one of them. And, and that's exactly. Is it? Yeah, it might be him. Again, who I mean, Vancouver's gonna let you know who they want. But just like Riff said, you're one of the few teams who has all the capital to sign him. And it's a guy that would again, you're gonna have to have that conversation beforehand to get him to sign to a seven year deal or eight year deal, whatever you want him to. But I mean, he's a Toronto guy. So it's what do you what drive. are you signing this guy for, Vanner? What's his market right now? So twelve games in in his and is going to be his biggest year of his life. Yeah. Because the next contract's going to be a whopper. He's got 12 games played, 10 goals, 14 points. Yeah. I, I would consider Bo Horvat a um I would consider him a, a second line center. That's my feeling on Bo Horvat. I think he's a very good player. I think he's a 20 goal scorer all day long, possibly, mm-hmm. possibly into a 30. Um, but he's kind of like a 50 to 60 point, uh, centerman. He's, he's, he's a very, very good player. Yeah. I mean, I got, I, I feel like I keep saying this, that it's a bad look for me. I played with him too. I played with everyone. I feel like <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I did play and I, and you're spot on. I mean, he's the start he's having, he'll never have again. He's not a pure goal scorer. He's a bully. He's just a tremendous face-off guy, a worker and, and all these things that you need in the playoffs. And is it a second line? Is it a third line? Who cares? Is it a first? It doesn't matter. You need a top nine nowadays. Yeah, he's one of those. It, it doesn't matter where you put a point, but the start he's having for him. Good for him. I don't I don't see him as a, you know, can, can he can he get to 25, 30, 100 percent? But I don't even I'm not worried about goals. You know, he's going to get you 20. He's going to get you 50, 60 points, like you said. But the intangibles, the way he plays the game, he makes everyone a little bit tough. I mean, he is a bull. He is an absolute bull. And, and where is he from? I think he's a Toronto kid. Well, Horvat is, I think, is he is he from? He's from London, Ontario. So, yeah. hour and a half, wow. two hours from Toronto. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he he's a guy I would, especially. I look at the Sabers, and and they're playing great hockey. They're actually fun to watch again. I thought they played, and I said it earlier. They played great against Carolina. They played great against Tampa. But 
I still see too many of the same players. I need I need a Bo Horvat to take that next step because if Bo Horvat is in that lineup in Carolina and Tampa, you might have a better chance of winning those close games. So is this is this right now a bit of a crossroads for you know the Sabers moving forward? Is the is the um, you know Kevin Adams is going to have to make a tough decision. He's going to have to make tough decisions on current players that he's watching guys that he's seen for a couple of years that are very, very good hockey players that still have um, value in this league. And they're still young and you have to make moves to make your team better. And right now there's a lot of young, young players. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, that's a, it's interesting that, uh, that you're thinking Again, of Bo Horvat because I think he is the right fit for actually the Sabres too. I think he he is the perfect fit. I think the age wise he fits in great with that team. His skill set is is fits in perfectly. And again, and I know Gio's, you know, he was on last week and he was more towards the thinking of moves, make the move, let this let this group play out, make moves next summer, which I don't disagree with. I think that's a good good way of of letting this team play out 82 games and see what they can do but at the same time if I'm Kevin Adams and a player like Bo Horvath is available and I have the pieces to maybe get him I'm making this move yesterday that's just that's just the way what it, what it, what are you looking is. to give up like what not even you we don't have to talk to players but what mm-hmm. are you giving up like draft picks wise like you're giving up like a well, he's like going to be a four-piece first rounder. Look at the trades. O'Reilly was four pieces. Some of these other trades, Jack was a four-piece trade. Um, you know, maybe the the only problem is the fact that he's a UFA. So, can you sign him? But it's going to be four pieces. It's going to be a prospect, a, a current roster player, a first-round pick, and maybe a second-round pick. Yeah, it's going to I mean, be that much uh, because uh, Vancouver is going to be looking for that kind of currency because they're. They're going into a they're going into a year where if they trade Bo Horvat during this season, they're going for Connor Bedard, a North Vancouver kid to play in the Vancouver Canuck organization, which would Correct. be insane for that organization. If the league was smart, yes. this is the draft they should rig. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you laugh. Matthews, you got Matthews. You laugh, in Toronto, but it, it, you got Colf Caulfield in Montreal. Ottawa is you know something, but you have and then you have Connor McDavid in Edmonton. And then all the way out west, you would have Connor Bedard. I mean, and and you know, Rogers spent six billion on that TV deal, and you don't think they want to get their money's worth out of out of uh, Canada? I think it's called the fucking Rogers Center in Vancouver. I think it's called right. Rogers Arena in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's not. It's it's if if you're smart, if the league is smart, this is where they put him. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, he's 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 a player that's. Again, but but to get to that point, you're gonna have to trade Horvat. You're gonna have to trade uh, Brock Besser. Probably, you're not trading I mean, OEL. You're keeping him. He helps the cause. <laughs> you're keeping him. The guy who who I don't know what to do with, and I, I love him as a player. Is that JT Miller? I mean, that's a guy who just signs a seven year. Did he sign a seven year extension? Yeah. <laughs> it's what. What do you do with a guy? But like he him, won't right? be he won't be hard to move. Like JT no. Miller will not be JT Miller had 99 points last year. 
Okay. He signed what an eight for eight. That's a very reasonable contract for the, the, the player of his caliber. He will not be hard to move. Bor Horvat, you're looking at acquiring a boatload. This is going to be a a game changer because you're gonna you're gonna be acquiring first rounders, second rounders. You're probably gonna get a boatload of young, uh, high end players. But if you and think you can get is, him, why don't you wait till he hits UFA instead of giving? Because you're not gonna get him. Okay, you're not gonna get him. I agree. I think again for the Buffalo Savers. The first conversation they gotta have to have is with with Bo's agent and see if they can get a deal done. And if they can get a deal done, they're gonna have to overpay. Otherwise, they're gonna keep him until the deadline, and he'll end up with the New York Rangers or something. And well, if Chris Bo Horvat's a uh, Van Wilder fan, he fucking he might end up with the Ottawa Senators. Van Wilder's looking to buy the Ottawa yep. Senators. That's right. Yep. I mean, I I mean, good for them, right? I mean, some little bit more exposure and and i don't know that's another team i brought up earlier what what is going on with the ottawa senators i know that the gm just came out and said we're not we're not getting rid of the coach he's great and and again and i don't i i'm always with it's not always the coach that the players have to figure it out they do have some new new puzzles but man they're 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 just giving up a lot of goals. I mean, the other night against Vegas, I was watching a little bit, and it was, you know, I think it was 5-1, and then they came back and made it a 5-4 game. But I just thought that team would be a lot better than they're playing right now. Well, everything well everybody saying, talked them up to be a lot better than what, I what did. they are, right? I did. I thought, I mean, not that I'm everybody, but I, I, I kind of got my opinion from everybody. <laughs> well, <laughs> <But> every- they, <laughs> when you when you acquire a 40-goal scorer in Debrinkit, when you when you look at a um you know bringing in a, a veteran hockey player that has that's had a lot of success in this league in Claude Giroux, you have a young you know stud in Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson and Tim Stitzel and you know the kid that got hurt what's uh, uh Norris like yeah. they have all the ingredients to be a very good hockey team and yeah. um you know they're they're still young. You know that that's the thing. They're still a young hockey team. They they're they're stars. The guys that are going to be guiding this team in the right direction are all young guys. And you're gonna have you're gonna have some hiccups when you're dealing with a young star group of players lead an NHL team because you're gonna yeah, have I, you're gonna have your ups and downs. Right, but I think what also hurt is you know they they trade for Cam Talbot who. Um, I've seen here in Minnesota the last few years and he, he's been great. He's, he was great for the wild and he got hurt in camp. I don't know. I, I, I think he's back skating. I don't know if he's played yet, but uh, he played two games this year so far. He played two games so far. Okay. So he is back, but that's, 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 that sucks, right? Right. For, for a young team, you need, you need that support in the back end, and um, we'll, we'll see if they can figure it out and, and then win some hockey games here because they're sitting at, at eight points and, you lose a few more, you might be out of it in about two, three weeks. The the last thing I just want to ask before we, we'll talk Ovi in a minute, actually. But how how does uh, Ryan Reynolds have so much money? Like I know he's a movie star and shit, but I mean, how, where is this guy getting money to buy an NHL franchise? Do you know his net worth right now? No, but I know he bought that soccer team in well, in I, Europe. Yes, I mean, yeah, but he, sure do you know how much he paid for the soccer team in Europe? A couple million Not bucks, much, maybe, right? 3.4 million dollars yeah, yeah, the guy's yeah, right. worth 150 
How the fuck yeah. is he worth that much money? What do you mean? He's, he's been 150 serious? doesn't get you a hockey franchise either. No, no, no. He's not. I don't think that the conversation is he's single buying him on his own. I think it's more of a he'll be in a group to buy it and he'll be a minority owner. I don't I'd never saw it as as he's buying a franchise. I think it's just, yeah, you know, a, a little piece. There's going to there. be a large group that buys the senators. He's just going to be more of the face of the group who's buying it, you know, and, and anybody who, you know, Ryan Re- Reynolds was, uh, what was the big movie that, uh, that he, um, they, there's a number of them. Is there a number of them? He was in the proposal he's, he's with Sandra Bullock. Of... He was yeah, in a movie. <laughs> it was a good, it was a good movie. <laughs> how was a good... Hey, how about the look on her face when they pulled up to his house? Eh? <laughs> like she had no idea what she was in for. All of a sudden she's on like, she's at this massive compound in Alaska. Uh, he was in Van Wilder, which I think was a pretty decent franchise. Um, yeah. But other Deadpool. than that, I, I, what is it? Oh, Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool. That's, that's Deadpool. Deadpool. That's the one. That's, that's the one. one. That's yeah. the one that made him. Made but him he's big. in a lot of movies. Pete. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, a lot of movies, Green Lantern, Deadpool. Like, I mean, it's, go and look at go and look him up you know right he's been in a lot so i think him. it's this is just a minority piece right but um yeah i mean good for them i think the other senators for years i think we all know that needs to be sold and well the arena get... location is the biggest issue for everybody fans players visiting teams it's not a it's not a desirable place to even go and play like you're not bringing free agents in there with with you take a free agent there and they fly into Ottawa and then all of a sudden they got to drive forty minutes to Canada to go to the rink, right. you know it's like it is just the worst. And then the fucking traffic getting out of there it's an absolute. They have one ramp on in and out, absolutely worst setup in maybe pro sports. To be completely yeah, honest, that's with true. You. That's true. Yeah, like, I mean, remember what, what year was it? The Senators made the run to the conference final against Pittsburgh. Was it five years ago now? Yeah, it was already, just a few years ago. Yeah, five Lund. years ago. Yeah. Craig I mean, Anderson was in net. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, again, that's a team who got hot, played well, played in the conference final. I remember watching conference final, Canadian City, Sidney Crosby's in town, and they couldn't sell out the building. If I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. That just tells you right there something like Batman should have forced Melnick to sell the team right there and then. I mean, you're in the conference final, Crosby's in town, and you can't fill it. That's uh that's that's that was a bad look. Yeah, it was I mean, it was great when we were playing against them though. Do you remember that? Like in, in the old five oh six, oh six, oh seven era. I mean they were Yes, but I, I think it was still fairly new back then, wasn't it? I mean, I don't think they have played there for that many years. So uh yeah, but you're right. Back then though those those teams were unbelievable, obviously, and then they were I selling mean, they out. Was, the crowds were energetic, the but they had Alfredson, yeah. Heatley, Spezza, Chara, Phillips, mm-hmm. Redden. You know, they had they had a team, man. They had a they had a really good team there, and I think that's yes. that's the problem is that you have to in order to be in a in a place like that, not the market, but where the rink mm-hmm. is located. You got to have a right. team for people to want to drive from downtown Ottawa or wherever to to go in and well, watch the game. It's the same thing we talked about the Coyotes before as well, right? I mean, they're out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's a beautiful arena. You know, it's built up around there. The football stadium is everything is awesome, but it's forty-five minutes away. 
and and it works for football because you have eight home games, but for forty one home games, no one's going there. No one's no one's. But what's that your trip. what's your guys' spot when we're on the Coyotes on on Mullet Arena? Have you guys watched the game yet? They've been. It looks no. exciting. It looks awesome. No, stop. I no. I love it. It looks unbelievable. Are you kidding me, Riv? Have you seen any of the action going on? It's sold out. I don't know. Have you, have you watched uh, friggin' Arizona State play? Uh, I have. Same yeah. thing, man. They get like 1,800. Friggin' joke. Uh, An absolute mockery to the NHL. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, it looks like a lot of fun. No. No, it's not. Have you watched Coyotes the last 10 years? Not one game. Exactly. Why would I ever do that? Exactly. Now people are actually watching the Coyotes because they want to see, man, they're playing in this tiny building. It's actually pretty cool. Hey, how, probably the loudest building, home building they've ever played in. If you've been in Arizona for a while, as a, like look at Clayton Keller, for instance. Clayton yeah. Keller's probably sitting there saying, yeah, there's only 5,000 people here, but there was only 5,000 people in that 19,000-seat <laughs> arena we had, too. You were yeah, so... You're, you're bang on. And... and, and are those guys on that team, are they unhappy to play for the Arizona Coyotes? Well, if I were 24, no. I'd be living in the dorms at ASU. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's, you know what? I can't wait when the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Montreal Canadiens come play at Mullet Arena because they're going to take that rank over. <laughs> oh, yeah. The I entire mean, arena the, will the be. Entire arena. The entire arena is going to be. That's when I'm going to watch. <laughs> when you were playing but, for the Habs, Van, where was the uh, biggest following? I mean, you were only there for half the year, right? Yeah, I mean, my first game when I got traded there, uh, joined Geo's team, was in in Phoenix actually, and I remember coming out for warmups, and it was just thousands and thousands of you know Habs fans. I'm really? Like, Holy crap! This was you know, and then I think we played in uh, Florida later on too. Same thing there. I mean, they. They travel. I mean, the Sabres travel well, too, just not in those sheer numbers like the Leafs do and, and the Haps especially. I mean, that was um, that was an eye-opener. Did you see that uh, Ovi popped his eighth? Eight goals in what, 15 games? 14 14, games. Eight, 14 yeah. He's going to get the 900. He might get to 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Van, I'm going to tell you, like, I don't even want to say it. I'm not even going to say it. I'm not going to say it. But, but okay, I do have one thing. Ovi's got, what is he at now? Seven, seven eighty-seven, maybe or eighty-eight. Yes. Yeah. And how many goals is he scoring from that left circle, like he did last night again on the wrister? Seven hundred. Yeah, I'd have how, to guess he's probably got three hundred and fifty from there. At least half. Yes, I, I would agree. But I don't understand. Like yesterday's goal. I mean, whoever, I don't know who the defenseman was, Carlson, maybe, who made that little move around, slid it over to him. How does one guy not go, how is Obi by himself there? How does he, he doesn't even one-time it. He actually settles it down and just snaps it in. How does he have that time? Were the Edmonton Oilers shocked that Obi's sitting there? I don't get it. Dangerous beyond belief. Right, but how, how I've said this even when we played together. I'm like, and I'm not a penalty guy, but I feel like I, I know the game pretty well and I can script games. How do you not sit on him and just make it a four on three and have have the middle guy beat you, have the goal line guy beat you, have Carlson beat you on top? I 
to me, I would tell, we're sitting there, we're making us four on three, and I'm going to tell, hey, goalie, guess what? Don't worry about the back door. We have a guy sitting there. You worry about the, the high shot and the, the slot shot. So, yeah, I had if to, you're a killer, is, is not, how would you play that? I think the person who made the play to him was what, Knetsov? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think Knetsov, it was. Uh, but... I think it was Knetsov who made the play. He's dangerous in his own right. It, it it's almost like what you're doing is on a two on one is you want to eliminate one option and and leave almost you know not a one on one on the goaltender, but at least take away an option. And if you see Alex Ovechkin, you're going to move to that and and close him off. But but I think I'll, I mean, and I I do remember this from now. It, it's it's always every team I played with, we play Washington, and I would listen to the coaches explain the penalty kill. I don't know why I was in the meetings. I think it must have been a team meeting. Otherwise you killed penalties, man. You were killing penalties in Buffalo. Uh, yeah, when Gostad was injured, and then, you know, two shorties, no big deal. And then Lindy told me, power play guys don't penalty kill. But four other power play guys penalty killed Lindy. He goes, that's not the point. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, I, I it's it's but my whole point is on all these teams I played again, they put so much they always would tell that D man, hey, that's your lane. You gotta block that shot. Rivs, you played in that spot. You don't think those demons are like, like, fuck you. I'm not stepping into that. He's going to freaking like, I'm going to be, if he hits me in the head, if he hits me in the ribs, like Listen, I'm out there was a guy that was way worse than him. That scared the absolute bejesus out of me. Shelby. And that was Shea Sorry. Weber. Shea Weber. Yeah. Shea Weber shot it higher up. Not quite in, uh, in the Ovechkin, uh, little house there. Yeah. But Shea Weber, I mean, I'll never forget it. I will never forget this. He whistled one. I was boxing out with a guy in front of the net on the penalty kill. And I saw my eyes go from one defenseman passing the puck to Shea Weber and he shot it. And I'm not kidding you. It was a blink of an eye and it had passed by my ear. Like, I'm not kidding you literally grazed my ear and I could hear the puck. I heard the puck go by me and I'm thinking to myself, like, why am I even playing this game? Like, yeah. I don't even like the game that much. Like I'm going to get hit in the face and be <laughs> dead from that shot. I was like literally inches away from dying. Yeah. I think try the only guy a, I played Try with. being a mutt bag, penalty killer, fourth line, fifth line, sixth line guy <laughs> in practice with sick Al Kodalik just taking one timers with yeah. no idea where they're going. Yeah. Him and the other guy I was not scared of, but I was like, I'm not going back in front was Christian Ehrhoff because he just wanted to score. He he wasn't just shooting for tips or you know lanes or whatever. He would bury his head with that curve, and I remember he hit me straight in the chest one time. And I'm like, I told Lindy, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going in front again. I'm not doing this. If this guy just wants to go bar down, like screw that. So I, I remember I went up to to Airhoff and be like, if you're gonna continue to go bar down, I'm gonna sit in the corner, dude. I'm like, or you go in front and I'll tee it up. Totally. What do we got? You don't thing? have to worry. I'm not going to hit you with the puck. I'm, I'm shooting <laughs> to score. Next thing you know, next next shot, right off my fucking foot, right down. What the are we expecting to... tonight? Sabers, Coyotes. I would not be sleeping on Arizona Coyotes. 
Yeah, they they're, uh, yeah. they are playing much better hockey. Those young, young kids that they had in their lineup years ago mm-hmm. when they sucked are not kids anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, Keller and guys like this are taking this team to a not another, you know, stratosphere because they're still yeah. at but the lower end of the league, but they're very competitive. Yeah. Did you see it's, their road trip coming up? It's, 14 uh, games. 14 games on the road. Yeah. Yeah, starts, What's the longest road trip you ever had Washington in your on NHL Saturday. career? I think seven, and it felt like a year. 21. Jeez. 21 yeah, games no. in San Jose. I, I asked, I, I can still remember this. I asked um, <laughs> Mark Edward Velasic. I said, how do you pack for this? Yeah. Like, how, how many suits are you bringing? He's like, two. I'm like, two? We're on the road for seven <laughs> or 21 days. He's like, well, there's dry cleaning in the hotel. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like they, they, I didn't know how to deal with this because I l- played in Montreal the, my entire career. And the longest we would have would maybe be a, a six or seven day road trip. Right. Oh, going out to San Jose out West 21 days. We were on the road. It was, it was like, be on the road forever. Well, you're you're saying 21 days. Yeah, that these guys are gone for 14 games. So that's got to be a whole. Yeah, but I be gone for a month. They that's are gone from days. Saturday uh, or Friday, November 4th, and they return back to a home game on December 9th. <laughs> <laughs> Do they get like a two day break in between and like? Uh, when would they go for a day or two? (laughs) They might be able to go home between Minnesota and LA. They get home on Sunday. They play in Minnesota at two o'clock. That's not going to be a straight 30. Okay. Uh, And then they'll probably hit the reset. How about that game in Vegas though? They play in Vegas on the 17th. And then after that game, they don't play until the Monday the 20 21st tell me they are not having the rookie party that day in vegas <laughs> yeah wow a road trip like people, that you could have a couple have rookie, you could have a couple rookie parties <laughs> they're gonna have five of them that trip i mean i would not want to be i i would not be partaking in the credit card games on this road trip boys that's a lot of dinner out that's a wrap on another episode of after the whistle don't forget to follow us on twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.